two punch devastating wildfires. I'm Christopher Cruz. Two tropical storms are taking simultaneous aim at the U.S. Gulf Coast. One of them, Marco, is likely to become a hurricane later today. Meteorologist Allison Chinchar is watching them both churn north. Technically, as of this point, both Houston and the city of New Orleans are technically in both cones, okay, of where we anticipate these storms to go. But again, because they can shift, basically, I think if you are between Corpus Christi, Texas, and say Apalachicola, Florida, you just need to prepare. Because even if you don't get the main focal point of the storm, say the eye wall or the center of the storm, you're still going to get some outer bands. You're still going to have some impact. Hundreds of wildfires are burning in California, two dozen of them major, and many of them caused by lightning strikes. More lightning could happen today. Correspondent Paul Verkamen surveys the damage in Napa County. This complete hilltop ravaged by these flames and everywhere you look they lost houses and when you do talk to someone whose house survived a, a rare standing home in here they have what we described as that sense of survivor's guilt. The fires have destroyed hundreds of homes and forced tens of thousands of people to flee. They've burned through nearly a million acres statewide. More than 13,000 heroic firefighters are on the front lines. President Trump says he'll make a major announcement on the search for a coronavirus vaccine tonight. Correspondent Polo Sandoval has more on that. We did hear from the White House touting what it's describing as this, quote, major therapeutic breakthrough, but it did stop short of offering any evidence or actually saying exactly how this would provide the medical community with a potentially an upper hand in fighting the virus. So we're certainly going to have to wait and see exactly what the White House says this evening. But we should note that the White House also said that the president would be joined by the head of the FDA when this announcement uh, comes tonight. At least 13 people have been killed in a stampede. It happened early this morning at a nightclub in Lima, Peru, in South America. I'm Christopher Cruz. The following program is furnished by Survive to Thrive Enterprises and is responsible for its content. Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. The Jay Mamie Talk Show. Welcome this morning, everyone, once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and I am very happy that you have decided to spend another hour of Thrive Time with our show this Sunday morning. You know, we are absolutely taken off like a rocket ship. Our show is becoming, uh, quite frankly, the, the talk of the town and the talk of the Internet town. <laughs> We're finding that people are really enjoying the episodes. I'm getting the feedback from uh, folks on LinkedIn and certainly my uh my website, and I appreciate all of you listening into the show. I'm thankful that you are finding value in our programming, and it's only going to get better, guys. We have a tremendous lineup for the rest of the year of great topics and great speakers and, and great themes that I'm going to unveil as we continue to uh, have our episodes air. But I'm thankful that you're here today, and, and please, please keep coming back. I wanted you to know that if you missed last week's show, we had such a dynamic show. It was the highest rated show thus far, and for good reason. I mean, all our shows have been fantastic, but this one was uh, the highest highest rated. I, I've got the most feedback, the most reviews, the most testimonies, and, and really I appreciate that, but it really uh, was uh, deserving of that. Steve Siebel was incredible. Our content of... How to Raise Entrepreneurial Kids really touched the hearts and the minds of lots of parents and lots of uh, even young folks that were thinking about a life of an entrepreneur and not really knowing how to go about doing that. Uh, they really were impacted by the content. So if you've not had a chance to hear that episode, I'm going to encourage you to, to go to my website, the jmamietalkshow.com. 
look up the archive section and sit down and listen to that episode as it, as it was awesome. Not only our guest speaker, Steve Siebold, was incredible. Uh, the points I shared were uh, were just uh, fabulous. And our, our business spotlight also, his story was just wonderful story of how he created his business, WorkShield. So if you've missed that episode, in fact, if you've missed all the other episodes, let me encourage you, go there. You know, these days people, they like to binge watch, right? I know so many people, <laughs> they'll sit in front of the their computer, their laptop or what have you, their TV, and they'll just, they'll just start binge watching shows. Can I encourage you to binge here, mine? <laughs> Go back to the uh, the archives and binge here these episodes because I think you will find that they are so addicting, um, and uh, you you won't be able to stop the the uh, the this, this show or, or or be able to turn off the uh, the set there. I'm telling you, it's going to be incredible. So, and today's no different. Today's show is going to be so moving because we're going to dive into what I think it's really an extension, so to speak, of the entrepreneurial, raising entrepreneurial kids, but taking it to the next level, uh, not only to the to the entrepreneur, but to, to the non-entrepreneur or to, to someone else that is looking to do something extraordinary in their lives. Today's topic is persevere to pioneer. Persevere to pioneer. And our guests today are really, my guest today is a, is a fantastic person that exemplifies persevering to pioneering in the real estate uh, industry up in the Northeast, in the New York area. Our guest today, Marsha Rand, who is the founder of Rand Realty and, and has expanded that realty into Better Homes and Garden Rand Realty, uh, and has visions of incredible uh, progress that she's going to make uh, expanding the brand of that organization. But I got to tell you something, she is the epitome of perseverance to pioneer, especially up in the real estate market in, in the Northeast, uh, to typically 30 years ago, a male-dominated industry, and she just took it to heart. And boy, she is respected for that among her peers in a big, big, big way. So she's on our show today, and I'm going to continue the dialogue of persevering to uh, pioneering. And our, we've got an author spotlight today that really is going to knock your socks off with what she's been able to create in the pursuit of pioneering for performance in the sales industry. So guys, it's a great show again, and I'm glad that you're here. But I want to share with you, if, if you are thinking, well, what exactly is a pioneer? And, and am I even a pioneer? Do I have the genes or do I have the DNA uh, of a pioneer? Let me just say something to you right now so we can settle this right here, right now. Every single person has been embedded with the seeds of greatness. Let me say that again. If you're listening to the show, then I want you to know that you have been embedded with the seeds of greatness. Greatness is in your DNA. You have been given something to produce while you are here. Now, you might be a, a, a person that has ambitions or dreams uh, about doing something in an industry or something that is nonprofit, something that is socially um, focused. It doesn't matter. You have been given something. You are embedded with the genes to produce something spectacular, to be a contributor to society to one extent or another. And the fact of the matter is you've not been shortchanged of anything you need to to win with. You've not been shortchanged of any skill or anything uh, that you need in order to see that 
dream, that passion, that gene develop in a way that brings you fulfillment, it brings you satisfaction, it brings you a sense of accomplishment. And if that means being a pioneer in something that does not yet exist, then so be it. Because you're either going to extend somebody else's dream or you're going to build your own. You're either going to be a part of somebody else's expansion or you're going to create your own expansion. You're either going to join forces with the pioneer or you're going to be the one that begins the journey as the initial pioneering person. Does that make sense? So along the way, your skills and your gifts, they contribute some way, somehow. But what I'm talking about today is when you persevere to pioneer, that means that there is something special that you're supposed to have and supposed to contribute to society that hasn't yet existed. It doesn't exist yet. Or maybe it exists in something that is not yet in grand nature. And you and your heart are called to be a pioneer in that new industry or develop an industry or expand one. But it's going to cause you, it's going to have you uh, it's going to come along with a set of challenges, and we're going to talk about that. But before we talk about persevering to pioneer, let's talk about first, how do you pioneer? And what makes a pioneer a pioneer? How do you even know if you're one? Let's examine this for a second. A pioneer seeks to, to fill the void of lack. Let's just talk about the characteristics of what a pioneer is, right? I mean, this way you know whether or not you're a one. Maybe you thought about doing something outside the box, and you're not really sure if this is who you are. Well, let's let's talk about how do you know? Well, how do you know you are a pioneer or you're pioneer-minded? Well, here's one element of that. You seek to fill the void of lack. You see lack. Lack in diversity. Lack of innovation. Lack in creativity. Lack in compassion. Lack in thoughts. Heck, you might see lack in causes. You might see lack in different... Um, and different areas of existence that you feel there is something missing that you can contribute to. Well, if you see lack, that is a good indication that you're called to fill that void. And that void can only be filled by somebody willing to take the challenge of pioneering. Does that make sense? If you are the one that says, you know what, there's nothing happening in this particular area, or certainly not enough, and you're frustrated by that, you you are annoyed at that it, it just sort of doesn't sit right with you because there's a lack of something somewhere that means that you're called because of that that unction that 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 feeling of disgust or or or, or uh that feeling of of not having those needs met not only for you but for others that's a calling of a pioneer you're called to do something about it let me give you the next thing the pioneer does not accept the status quo they're just not comfortable with that me, myself, I've always considered my, myself a pioneer. And oftentimes it's because I'm just not, I'm not cool with some of the things that I see happening that other people are so quick to accept. Other people become what I call the sleeping masses. Uh, they're okay with accepting what someone tells them is. They're okay with following and towing the line. And, uh, and if they see that enough people are doing something, then they figure, well, it must be the way to do it. And the pioneer says, no, I don't accept that status quo. That's not for me. I, there's got to be something different. There's got to be a way that those very same things can be done differently because I'm not going to toe the line. I'm going to do something differently. They don't accept the status quo. The status quo is just, it's just not okay, at least for them. Let me tell you something else the pioneer examines. They examine the uneven representation of something. 
In other words, like our guest, who's going to be coming up pretty soon, uh, she saw there was an uneven representation of females in the real estate world back in, in, in the uh, uh, 20, 30 years ago, and, and uh, probably more than that. In the Northeast, there was an uneven representation. I was really recently having a conversation with one of our upcoming guests, who's a Latina, who is uh, uh, was a, a very popular um, news broadcaster uh, in Argentina, and now she speaks all over the world. And I was ch- chatting with her, and I asked her, I said, what, is, what, what caused you to step out of that broadcasting phase? And she said she saw an uneven representation of Latinas as broadcasters. And those, that, that fired her up. So she now pioneered her own broadcasting station, and she's got a syndicated show. She's going to be on our show pretty soon. But here's another thing about a pioneer. They make a way when there is no other way. Is that you? A pioneer has x-ray vision. They see what other people don't, and they believe what other people won't. Mm, let me say that again. A pioneer sees what other people won't, and they believe what other people don't. That's a pioneer. They have x-ray vision and x-ray belief. But where do you? how do you persevere, though? Where does the perseverance part come in if you're a pioneer? Here's where the perseverance part comes in. You're going to have to persevere through failure. There isn't a pioneer that I've met or journeyman that I have met who hasn't had their fair share of failure. You're going to have to persevere through the many times that you're going to fall. You're going to have to get back up. You're going to have to persevere through the mocking of others. Others are going to mock your ideas. They're going to, to, to mock your efforts. They're going to uh, give you a bunch of crap because it's out of the norm. You're thinking outside the box. You're not towing the line. You have to persevere through the mocking. And here's the biggest part you got to persevere through, your own personal self-doubt. You're going to be your greatest critic. You're going to be your greatest self-doubter. You've got to persevere through your own personal self-doubt if you're going to be a pioneer. That's where the perseverance comes in. And guys, I'm so excited about our guest coming up because this is the epitome of persevering to pioneer. And when we come back after our break, we're going to dive right into a conversation with Marsha Rand. And so so stay tuned. Go grab yourself some extra coffee if you need it. And we'll be right back after the break. Jay Mamie writes in his latest bestseller, Battling Invisible Enemies, Facing Your Inner Struggles Head On, that your potential to thrive will always be hindered if you're battling invisible enemies of worry, fear, doubt, and discouragement that only stagger and stunt your focus, your energy, your creativity, and your joy. Go to thejmamie.com for a copy of the book that many are calling a masterpiece. Battling Invisible Enemies, Facing Your Inner Struggles Head On at thejmamie.com. That's T-H-E-J-A-Y-M-A-Y-M-I.com. Are you looking for ways to support your immune health? Are you wanting to cleanse and detoxify your body for ultimate health and wellness? Well, First Fitness Nutrition has the solution. They offer all natural, vegan and vegetarian, herbal wellness and cleansing products so you can start taking control of your health and wellness. First Fitness Nutrition is a Dallas-based company, a leader in the industry for over 30 years. To learn more about their safe and effective health and wellness products, go to firstfitness.com or call 800-621-4348 today. Again, firstfitness.com or call 800-621-4348. Or eight. Dan Franklin, Texas licensed agent. Attention all home sellers. Hello, I'm Dan Franklin. I've been buying and selling houses right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area since 1994. And I want to buy your house. My number one goal is to crush the competition and beat any and all other offers. I'll pay you more, regardless of the condition of your home. I just crushed the competition and paid Bobby and Irving $10,000 more. I paid Roman and Garland $35,000 more. 
What could you do with $35,000 more? Call me today. I'm Dan Franklin. I buy houses, and I'll pay you more. Call me today at 214-929-5555. That's 214-929-5555. Again, call me today at 214-929-5555. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and I'm excited to introduce our featured guest for today's show. Marsha Rand is CEO of Better Homes and Garden Rand Realty. And his was interesting. She started Rand Realty in 1985, and it's grown into the largest family-owned regional real estate brokerage serving suburbs of Manhattan, and that's about to expand. In addition to Better Homes and Garden Rand Realty, the Rand family, this is a family-owned business started by the pioneer, Marsha. The Rand family also operates Hudson United Mortgage, Hudson Abstract, and the Hudson Group Insurance Company. So, guys, this is a woman that when we're talking about persevering to pioneering, boy, she is the poster child of that theme. So that's why she's on the show today. And what's interesting here, she she actually was a nurse. So we're going to hear more about how she pivoted from nursing into a man's world back in those days of real estate. So Marsha, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Jason. Marsha, your story Uh, is pretty interesting. So why don't you get our speakers, our listeners rather, up to speed on how did you go from a nurse uh, in those early days to transitioning to real estate and, and kind of fill us in on on how you had to persevere in that really male-dominated world back in those days? Well, you know, you have to know that in the days that I graduated high school and was going to go on, you had three choices. Uh, You could be a secretary, um, you could be a teacher, or you could be a nurse. So those were the three choices that I had. Mm. Um, So I became a nurse. My mother had been a nurse. Um, Actually, my mother is a great story in Uh, persevering in that she always wanted to be a nurse. She always was involved in the field. I did not have an education, uh, but when I went away to nursing school, uh, my mother went to another nursing school. At 59 years of age, she went back to school to get her licensed practical nurse because it was something she always wanted to do. So I think I went into nursing because I fulfilled her dream. Uh, I loved it. Um, I loved taking care of people. Uh, But when I got married and had children, nursing is a very demanding profession. And, um, you know, you have to work evenings. You have to work weekends. You have to work holidays. And uh, I, I found myself with three children and the ability to be able to leave them was not there. And so um, I had always been interested in real estate. My mother used to drag me as a child to open houses. Um, And um, unfortunately, um, the same week that my third son was born, my mother passed away. Mm. And um, my husband, to get me out of the doldrums, talked me into um, that summer that in September, I go take the course and take the test for real estate. And uh, it was the best thing I ever did because it allowed me to be home and work around, um, you know, babysitting and my husband's schedule. My husband was a physician, so I couldn't always count on him being home. He was on call. 
and so I went into real estate. And, you know, I, I sometimes think about people, you have to love what you do. Um, and many of us aren't lucky enough to find that thing. We have a job. Um, I had nursing, which I loved, but um, when I train new agents, I tell them that if you have a choice of being taken care of me in the hospital or buying a house, buy the house. Um, so um, I started in this business uh, like everybody else at that age. Um, uh, we were going into it part-time. Uh, I was a working mother in, a, in an age that was not really terribly accepting of working mothers. Um, mm. It was really difficult um, to be able to donate the time um, and devote it to it, especially being the fact that at that point I had three children, and so, and one of them was a baby. Uh, but I found that I really loved it. And one of the things that I think my parents gave me was that my mother's um, feeling to me was that you can do anything you want to do. You just have to want it bad enough. Mm. Your mother was very and wise, that, very wise woman. That's what I grew up with. And so I started in real estate, and uh, I love to sell. Uh, but uh, the problem with selling real estate is you have to do it on weekends. And my husband worked some weekends, you know, he was on call. And so it wasn't long before I started into management. Um, and then eventually I started in the business in 1975 and uh, uh, wound up being one of the owners by 79 and wound up on my own um, in the mid eighties, which, um, you know, in 87, um, Real estate went off the cliff, so it wasn't necessarily a great time uh, to be in the business. Uh, I've seen the ups and downs. I've seen 17% interest rates. Um, I, I've seen it when you couldn't give away a house. Um, the first listing I ever had, I had it for two years, and when they finally said they were going to take it off the market, I thought to myself, oh, thank goodness. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't call them anymore. And he, the amazing thing to me was that, you know, maybe a year later, they called me and they wanted to put it back on the market. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe that they paid back to me mm. uh, after having a house on the market for that long period of time. But I, I, I believe in, in you are your own success. Um, and I guess I've always lived by what my mother taught me. And that is, if I want it bad enough, I just have to work hard for it. It's interesting. That there's a good lesson there, that perseverance is role-modeled, right? You, you right. learn it from somebody else, um, especially children. If, if you have children or plan on having children, uh, if you're not the first example of perseverance, if you're not a first, first example of, of, of achievement or just really sticking to your guns, who else are they going to learn it from, right? And uh, so you, you are who you are because of what you saw in your parents early on. And when those challenges came, as you just expressed a little bit about them, uh, you know, it was that early uh, embeddedness of perseverance that you saw and grew up around that's what helped you stick through it. But you said something really interesting when we spoke last time. 
that when you opened up your office and you started to get phone calls, uh, tell us about that story, how you had to answer some of those calls when they were looking for someone else. Well, I have I have several funny stories because it was the the times. Um, you know, I would have people call and they'd want to talk to the broker, and so the the administration uh, admin would send them to me, and I'd been on the phone and they say, no, no, I, I want to speak to the broker. Um, can I speak to your husband? And I'd say, well, no, he's a doctor. I don't think he can help you. And well, can I speak to your father? No, he's dead. Um, <laughs> You're going to have to just deal with me. Um, so that, But there were a lot of – one of the funniest was that uh, I went to open my second office, and uh, there was a bank right across from the location. And so I decided that because in those days we had to take, you know, the checks and take them into the bank, that I would do the one that was right across the street. And I made an appointment and, and did a business plan and, and took an associate with me. And we went in to meet this gentleman at the bank. And so I gave him the business plan. I, I presented the whole business plan, what have you. And he sat back and he said, well, this looks just fine. And if you ladies would bring your husbands in, I think we can do business. <laughs> I stood up so fast that the gal sitting with me um, didn't know what was going on. And I, I said, thank you very much. And I walked out and I went, uh, you know, a, a half a mile or a mile away to the bank that I had used. And I said to them, I'm opening another office, but it needs to be a separate checking and what have you. And they said, uh, fine, gave me all the details. And they said, we'll have it ready for you in a couple of hours. Um, and so and so I did. Well, maybe about 10 years later, when I had become pretty successful, I was at a charity event. And somebody came over and said to me, uh, Mr. So-and-so, who's president of the Nameless Bank, um, you know, would like to meet you. Uh, he'd like to apologize. And mm -hmm. I laughed. And so somebody brought him over and he said, you know, I, 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 I want to apologize. I understand that, you know, we, our windows look at each other from your office um, to mine, but we don't bank together. Um, you know, was there a problem? And I said, yes, there was a problem. And I told him, and he said, well, is there any way I can recover? And I thought, you know, no, no, because the other bank serviced me and took care of it. But those were kind of examples of what would happen. Um, I was, real estate was a, a woman's profession, but the owners were all men. And so, uh, people expected when they wanted to get the broker on the phone, they'd get a male voice. And was there ever a time that you were discouraged or decided that, you know, this is not worth it? Or or maybe um, you, 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 your your feelings were, were so not hurt, but you kind of got to the point where you, you had had it and you wanted to throw in the towel uh, where you felt maybe there is a glass ceiling here. Did you ever feel like that at all when you were building your empire? Um, you know, um, I, I, the term glass ceiling um, was not around at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I never thought about throwing in the towel. I was nervous. I mean, my education was in nursing. I had not one business class. Matter of fact, I didn't know how to type. Um, and now I had to be able to read financials 
And um, I, I would say to the accountant, when you're explaining something to me, it's like you're doing it in Spanish that I don't speak. Mm. So learning business itself was um, kind of a tough aspect of, of, you know, it was before computers. And so, um, you know, you really had to keep a handle um, on, on the different parts of the business. But um, I had a lot of help. Um, I had a lot of mentors. Uh, I, I found that in this business, people were more than willing to help you if, um, if you needed it and you asked. And, and since then, I have always tried to be the same type of broker, that when somebody is new or they're just starting out and they need some advice or they need to come see how something works or they need to see how a management meeting runs, um, they're always welcomed and uh, they always come. So in the last minute before we go to break here, uh, give us just what would you say has been your greatest challenge that you've overcome? Um, I, I, I think probably the fact that I didn't have the education to do what mm. I did. But I'd rather say to you that I think that the greatest thing that allowed me to do it is family, is that, you know, even I I wound up with four children, uh, but even uh, married with a busy husband and four kids, um, if you don't have to worry about that aspect of your life, you can be ever so much more, you know, uh, successful in your career. That's a wonderful story, uh, Marsha, and I'm so happy that you are a guest on our show because it's clear to me that you have persevered. That's why you pioneered this great company that you are now running. When we come back after the break, I want to ask you, what it is, what's the main message that you would share with others that are about to pioneer into something that seemingly could be uh, uh, not problematic, but not, not easy. There could be some struggle. What could you share in terms of your experience and your wisdom to them? And for someone actually who is also a sales professional that might be challenged with certain personal uh, situations that could prevent them from excelling. I'm sure you have those conversations all the time in your world. So when we come back after the break, I want to talk to you a little bit more about that because I think that'll add a lot of value to our listeners. Guys, we'll be right back after the break. Are you looking for the very best in senior care, but also safety against coronavirus? I'm Godwin Dixon, co-founder and co-creator of Teresa's House Assisted Living and Memory Care at Craig Ranch McKinney. We designed Teresa's House to be the very best with state-of-the-art air safety features and 24-7 on-site nursing and fun activities in a beautiful and home-like setting. Teresa's House is perfect. Call us today at 972-747-8033 or visit us at teresashouse.com to learn more. Teresa's House, just like home, only better. Having a hard time finding commercial funding? Is this challenge stalling your business goals and dreams? Well, at JRF Financial, they specialize in getting your commercial funding challenges resolved because they work with the largest SBA lender in the country. They work with over 33 different types of alternative lending and can fund anything from equipment to real estate. Don't let funding challenges stop you. Call Justin Fry at 678-506-7567 or visit them at JRFFinancial.com. 
www.ebay.org. You're in charge of marketing your business, and the last two months have overwhelmed any past strategies. It's time to move forward, and you need help. Here at KLIF, we work with hundreds of small businesses to find connections to our listeners and convert them to your customers. Combining the benefits of advertising on KLIF with the most powerful digital solutions, we can help you get reset, build, and deliver your message with a variety of cost-effective solutions. Call RJ Lane at 214-523-2780 or email richard.lane at cumulus. Paid for by Bank on Yourself. Would you get on an airplane if you knew it had a 50% chance of crashing? You may be riding that plane right now. If you have your money in a 401k or IRA and you plan to take out the recommended percentage each year when you retire, your chance of running out of money is 50%. 50%. But there's a better and safer way to secure your income in retirement. Discover how in a free book called Rescue Your Retirement. This wealth-building strategy has never had a losing year in more than a century. In fact, even the man who invented the 401k now prefers this method instead. Get Rescue Your Retirement free for just a small shipping charge and enjoy a safe landing and a comfortable retirement. Get this free book and make sure you don't run out of money. Hurry, this offer is extremely limited. To get your free copy, just go to growwealthsafely.com. That's growwealthsafely.com to discover how to rescue your retirement. GrowWealthSafely.com. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. We are back with Marsha Rand at the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Marsha, your first uh, segment with us was really inspiring. But I want to ask you, in your 30, 40 years experience in the real estate world, you have probably come across a number of real estate professionals, sales professionals, who have had their own challenges, their own situations that would cause them to not perform at the level that they would want to perform. You having had multiple challenges that you've had to persevere through, what would you say to that person, whether they're in real estate or not, what would you say to them about persevering through personal challenges or anything that could hold them back? Well, when I teach uh, new agents, uh, which I still do, Uh, within our company, um, I tell them that one of the things about being successful, and it doesn't matter what your field is, and that is self-discipline. You know, um, I, we don't teach self-discipline. We take children and we put them in preschool and we put them in school and we send them to after school and, and then they get to college and lo and behold, nobody tells them to get up in the morning. And that's why a lot of uh, children, when they go away to school, have problems because now they have to make up their own minds. Well, when you're in a business that doesn't require you to be there at a certain time or to have to punch in or what have you, you have to have the self-discipline. You have to decide what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. And even though there are aspects of your profession that you don't necessarily like, you have to do them. Um, You have to have a to-do list each day of the things that you need to get accomplished in order for you to be successful. And I think that one of the things as you go out in any type of business is you have to lay a good foundation. You know, if you're starting a business, no matter what kind of business, make sure that you do your business plan and make sure that you lay your foundation well so that when something comes along like COVID, that you can um, you can withstand it. So being able to pre- ask for yourself the discipline to be able to make your mark each day 
I think it's one of the very vital things that you need to do to be in any business. There's no question about that. I mean, how do you argue with self-discipline as being one of the ingredients of success? Marcia, how important as a pioneer, people that are out there right now listening to the show and they're getting it, they're saying, you know what, I, I think I, I have a calling of a pioneer. I'm willing to do what is uncomfortable. I'm willing to take that journey. Status quo is not okay with me. And, and I'm not cool with having uh, an uneven representation of one thing or another. And they're pursuing, uh, this, they're beginning the pursuit of something that is pioneering. How important was it for you to stick to your gut feelings that you were on the right track, even in the midst of everything else around you telling you that you probably were not? Well, I think one of the things that I learned from a mentor um, really very early in my career is that uh, it's not making bad decisions that will paralyze you in business. It's being afraid to make any decision. Mm. And so I, I think that's really true. You have to have a belief in yourself. You have to try it. And, and if you don't succeed, then you got to make a turn and you have to try something else or try it a different way. You don't always succeed the first time, but you have to keep trying. That's a wise mentor, and obviously the fruits of his mentoring is obvious in you. Marsha, in our, in our last minute here, if people wanted to know what your vision is now moving forward, I know you've got a lot of grand uh, plans, you've got some really big visions, expansion plans, and so on and so forth. Uh, you've got a number of companies already, but what's next for you, your company, and your organization? Well, I think just continuing to build that foundation stronger and to continue to expand because that's really what the public wants. They want to be able to know the company they're dealing with, and they want to be able to do the one-stop shopping. So we're in a great market in, in the New York, New Jersey area, and uh, uh, just continue to do business the way we have, better and better. And if someone wanted to reach out to you or to, to, to get more information or to maybe get your services, incorporate one of your agents as uh, or either for buying or selling, how could they do that? Uh, just go to ranrealty.com and they put, you'll find me. All right, wonderful. Marsha, you've been a fantastic guest. I really appreciate you taking the time. You've got so much going on that uh, this was really an honor to have you. And, uh, boy, persevering to pioneer, you certainly are someone that we can role model that. So I appreciate you being on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Guys, that was a great segment with Marsha Rand. But I want to introduce to you a new author that I've had a chance to meet. And, boy, when I was thinking about persevering to pioneering and the, the idea of, of a pioneer, someone who sees what others don't and someone who believes when others, others won't, and they've got, uh, they've got a gut feeling that there is something more that can be done and they, they don't want to settle for the status quo uh, I thought about this person when I met with them because they had a, a brand new book out that I thought to myself, wow, this is the kind of book that I know a tremendous amount of sales professionals would want to read. And so I asked her to be on the show and, and she's here with us. She's going to spend a few minutes with us talking with us about her okay. new book. But Katrina Dalway, not only is she a, an award winning sales consultant, but she's multi-talented. I mean, she's a specialist <laughs> in effective communication. She's a through sales coaching, she's a motivational speaker, and she's a professional singer. So we may even get lucky and have her sing. <laughs> so her new book, <laughs> who knows? You never know. <laughs> 
So her new book, her new ebook, How to Be a True Sales Professional, she's offering tips on successful selling from her incredible career in doing such things, not only personally, but for others as well. So folks, welcome to the show. Our author spotlight, Katrina Dalway. Katrina, welcome to the show. Jamie, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my so pleasure. So, Katrina, why, it, it probably is a good idea to get our speakers, uh, our listeners rather, up to speed on who you are and where you've come from, and we can dive into the book. Okay, cool beans. Well, basically, of course, I'm Katrina Dalway, and I am one who started off very, uh, very uh, humble in my life in terms of being very shy, being very timid, had really great parents, amazing parents who taught us life lessons, both had master's degrees. Um, they were they cared enough about us to make sure that they prepared us for life. However, they had a flower child in the midst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's going to sing now. I feel it. None <laughs> <laughs> did they know my A-type parents. And believe me, they were A-type. I had a very strict upbringing. Um, but their flower child had a different mindset. I'm going to go and I'm going to see the world first before I do anything. <laughs> you know, I've been done with this strict world, you know, classical piano, you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, we had a very, very uh, structured life. But I ended up realizing I, now I'm, I'm really locking down the, the age right around 23. Sometimes I've said 21, 22, 23. 22. It's right around 23 where I realized that, you know what, <laughs> you you can't go on like this. You know, it's like all of the life lessons my parents uh, taught me just came into play. And I said, I've got to figure out my path. So I started looking at my, my uh, the direction in, in which way I wanted my life to go. And so, you know, I love sales. I love uh, um, talking to people. I love communicating with people, coming from a, being a shy, shy child to realize, you know, I really do enjoy talking to people. You know, let's do this. And so I chose a career in sales. And with no qualifications, I went on my first real interview in corporate America. And I said, if I could get her to see that I can really do this, I got this, um, she'll hire me. I ended up getting the job. And after I got the job, I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? <laughs> you know, how am I going to grow, help them grow their business? Because the whole thing was for me to help them grow their business as a recruiter. And so um, I was really trying to figure it out. And then, again, those life lessons my parents taught, um, there's no excuse for failure. Uh, if you're going to flop, mop the floor, be the best floor mopper out there. You know, that, those type of, of, of quotes that they embedded in us. And, and I really took those seriously growing up. So I implemented those tools in corporate America. Uh, going on into technology, being very successful in advertising, uh, being the, the national top uh, business consultant, business developer consultant throughout my career, uh, top gun. Um, so it's because of the tools that my parents provided for me, to me, to help um, uh, add to my career. It's like, it's almost as if they knew that this was going to be what I needed in the future. Not, this wasn't a, not a now situation as a kid. This was something that I was going to need as an adult. 
and it helped me to 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 persevere because you know in sales, sales can be very complicated. You got to get through all the no's to get to a yes. So you got to really be um, consistent. You got to be resilient. You got to uh, persevere through all the, the the mayhem that um, happens in sales. You know, trying to negotiate the deal. You know, hoping that it doesn't digress things of that nature. So it really, really, those tools really helped me to continue to persevere and achieve um, the the um, numerous awards that I have received throughout my career. And so now I said to myself, it's time for me to share what I've learned, not only from my parents, but throughout my career. And why my I helped so many of my peers do the same thing because I I wasn't going to keep this to myself, but I found that a lot of my peers really struggled uh, with sales. But I knew it had to, to uh, do with uh, understanding oneself because if you don't understand yourself, it's hard for you to deliver a really good message uh, to your prospective client, and they can feel that they can they they know that they can see that, and so I went on a a journey to walk through those different steps to share with my peers on successful selling. It's not just about the product. It is about knowing who you are. It is about self-discovery because that's what I also learned in corporate America. And I do know that it's because of the tools that my parents provided for me that allowed me to um, discover myself because I had no sales experience. So I had to develop difficult tools. I really had to persevere and make myself successful through self-discovery. Well, that's amazing. That's a wonderful story. And I'm sure you're going to share that in the book. Where could yes. people find how to be a true sales professional where you're going to offer some tips on successful selling? Where could they find that in our last in our few seconds we have left for the segment? Amazon, Amazon.com. Wonderful. And if they wanted to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you for some possible coaching or speaking or singing? <laughs> they can, uh, yes, they can go to my website, KatrinaDalway.com. And can you spell that out? Um, I, it's K-E-R because so many people call me Katrina, but it's Katrina, K-E-R-T-R-I-N-A-D-A-U-W-A-Y. Guys, make sure you go check out Katrina. Get to her book. Check her out. She's amazing. As you can tell, her energy is infectious. We love having her on the show. Thanks for being on the show, and we will speak with you very, very soon. Guys, we'll be right back after the segment. Is your company's office or warehouse space meeting its needs? Do you like your building? Have you given thoughts towards moving to a new location anywhere nationwide? Jeff York, CEO of ForTheTenant.com, has saved his clients millions of dollars in cost and countless hours in time. ForTheTenant.com represents your interest solely to get you the best space at the best price, period. They handle leases and purchases, and there's never a cost for their services. So Go visit them at ForTheTenant.com or call Jeff at 321-663-4535. My friends, did you know that if you only have state minimum coverage and you total a really nice car, that you may not have enough coverage and you could be sued by the insurance company? That's right. Not all coverage is the same. And it's absolutely necessary to work with an insurance agency that has your best interest at heart. That's where Texas Edge Insurance comes in. Not only are they trusted experts, but as an independent agency, they have access to over 30 well-respected companies to get you the right coverage. So if insurance peace of mind is what you seek, call Texas Edge Insurance at 817-406-2929 or visit them at Texas 
edgeagency.com. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Wow, what a great segment we just completed with Marsha Rand and Katrina Dowey. By the way, if you're not taking notes on our guests and their value, uh, the value of their experiences, and I would encourage you moving forward that that's probably something, especially on this show, this is the hour of Thrive Time. So you definitely want to have always something nearby that you can grab and jot down notes because you never know what someone will say that can help you go from surviving to thriving on our show, which is the idea. Guys, in our last segment here, I want to spend a little bit of time not only just expanding, uh, expanding rather the, the thought of persevering to pioneering, but I also want to talk a little bit about some of the questions that I have been asked on Facebook uh, by many of you uh, who are listening to the show and you have uh, inquired about some of the content that we've uh, shared. And and I want to carve out time today to address your questions um, and also help you to develop uh, the further thought from the initial thought that we started here on that particular episode. Uh, you know, well, there's a funny thing about radio. There's only so much time that you can spend on a particular topic. And quite frankly, some of the topics that we've been discussing are topics that we can chat about and evolve for hours and, uh, and, and certainly go into multiple different directions, which each topic and each uh, subtopic of the, of the theme. Uh, but because of time constraints, we're only able to do a little bit. So I want to make sure that I am cognizant of the fact that there are more questions that you would have. So one of the things I'm going to encourage you folks to do is moving forward, feel free to go to my Facebook page, my Facebook page at Jay Mamian. Go ahead and post a question there. Or you could send me an email with a question. And my email is jay at the jmamietalkshow.com. And feel free to ask questions or clarifications on things that we may have talked about during one of our episodes, because I want to make this a two-way conversation as best possible, so that way you continue to not only find value, but realize that we are in this thing together. We are growing and thriving and developing together, and the question that you have, someone else might be thinking this the very same thing. So our last episode, we spoke about raising entrepreneurial kids, and one of the questions that came in through my Facebook page was, how do you encourage entrepreneurial thinking when someone isn't yet uh, someone hasn't yet realized what their skill set is how do you encourage entrepreneurial thinking obviously this is in one of their children when they are not yet sure certain of what their skill sets are and by the way that's a great question because I've had those conversations with my own kids many many times let me encourage you for the the person who asked that question and for many of you who probably thought the same thing Everyone has a skill set that they are born with, right? Isn't that true? And I want you to know that it took me a long time to realize what I'm going to share with you now. So a brand, uh, a, a young person uh, doesn't really have enough life skills yet or life experience yet or life expansion yet to really understand what they're good at, what, they, what they're passionate about because there's so many things, right? And when you're young and you don't have a lot of experience in life, you don't have the the luxury of knowing what turns you on and what doesn't and what is something you can devote your life to because you're passionate about it, not because it's producing profit, although profit is a good thing, uh, but you have to be passionate about it first. So here's one thing I want you to encourage. Uh, I want you to be encouraged to understand, and then I want you to somehow 
in, in your own words, teach that to your children at the age that they begin to comprehend that there are skill sets that they have, but they first have to find something uh, that they're passionate about. So here's one thing I want you to understand, that your gifts, once you recognize your gifts, and that's the key, guys, the recognition of the gifts. Now, how do you recognize a gift? A gift is something you don't have to work very hard at. A gift is something that you don't have to work very hard at. Think about this. When you give a gift to someone, that person receives it freely. They didn't have to do anything for the most part. Unless you, my, my younger son who negotiates with me and wants me to give him gifts uh, because of our negotiation. <laughs> but for the most part, when you get a gift, it's free, right? So a gift is something that you don't have to work hard at. It comes with the packaging. It comes with the blueprint. It comes as part of the, 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 the sale. It's free. A gift is not something you have to work hard at. For example, I am not very good at a certain... At, 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 Baseball. I mean, I play baseball decently. I love playing baseball and I'm fairly, fairly good, but I'm not great at it. So being a great hitter is not my gift. I've got to work at being a hitter. I've got to work at my baseball skills. When others, it comes really easy. That's how you know what your gifts are. So when you're identifying um, those gifts in your children, find out what comes to them easily. One of my sons is a brilliant, my older son, uh, is Keanu. He's brilliant at creating Legos. Uh, he's he's always been brilliant at creating these incredible Lego designs. I mean, he could take Lego pieces with without instructions, without a booklet, and put together some some crazy stuff that I sat back when he was a young guy. He's older now. He's 20 years old. and and uh, But for the last 15 years, he would grab these Lego pieces and put together something that was just amazing. And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, how did you put that together? I mean, I, there's no booklet. He would come up with these incredible intricate pieces with rubber bands and moving uh, pieces and way beyond someone at his age could comprehend to do. Just an engineering mind. Well, that's a gift. My younger son has the same thing, same gift. Identify in your children what comes easy. It's a gift because your gifts reveal your assignment. Your gifts will reveal your assignment. People oftentimes ask uh, that great question of the ages, right? What am I here to do? Who am I? What am I here to do? And what's my purpose? And and uh, what is this all about? Well, you're seeking your assignment, right? Just imagine if you showed up to work one day and all of a sudden, if, if you have a, uh, uh, a job and you show up to work and and uh, and the the boss, your supervisor, your director doesn't give you anything to do. That there isn't. I know some of you are like, yeah, that'd be great, <laughs> right? But I mean, there's there's no assignment. There's nothing there for you to do. After a while, you're wondering, why am I here? Or if you went to school and all of a sudden your teacher or your professor doesn't assign any work. After a while, you, yeah, it might be cool in the beginning, but after a while, you're like wondering, well, what am I supposed to be doing? Because you know that there's something you're supposed to be doing. That's why you're there. That's the uh, You're seeking the assignment. Well, your assignment is revealed when you identify your gifts. I recognized a long time ago that my gifts are the gifts of speaking and writing and, and creativity uh, and, uh, and be able to bring value to people in, in many expressions that, that are in alignment with my gifts. Well, what's my assignment? My assignment is to do exactly what I'm doing right now, bringing value where I can inspire others, instruct others, influence others. That's my assignment. 
That's why I'm, I'm here. So the gifts reveal the assignment, and your assignment reveals your purpose. Once you know what your assignment is, now you will know what your purpose is. If your assignment is to inspire others, well, then that's your purpose, and your purpose is something that you can feel good about. It's, it's something that you say, okay, I, I, I now know why I'm here. I'm supposed to do this. Boy, isn't that a good feeling? When you recognize your gifts and your assignment comes, uh, also becomes uh, known to you, now you've got purpose. Now everything you do has a purpose to it because you're fulfilling your assignment. Does that make sense? So when your children, how do you identify entrepreneurial? Uh, how do you turn on the possible entrepreneurial spirit? Or how do you encourage uh, entrepreneurialism to your young one? Well, find out what their gifts are. Find out what their gifts are. What comes to them easily that others would have to work at, and by the way, that they're having fun with, because you can have gifts that, are, that come to you but not really have fun doing them, not really have joy in them. So gifts that you have fun that you could do for the rest of your life that you're, you're excited about, those gifts will reveal your assignment. And then once you have your assignment, now you've got purpose in everything you do because it falls in alignment. Let me just say the last thing. With purpose, once you find purpose, purpose will be fueled by passion. Passion can only come when you find your purpose. So many people walk around passionless. Why? Because they have no idea why they're here. (laughs) They're just wandering generalities. (laughs) I mean, they really have no clue other than what someone else tells them to do as to why they're here, what they're supposed to be doing, Uh, what does it look like when it's all said and done? So how can you be passionate about that? How can you be passionate about aimlessness? (laughs) You can't. But boy, once you know your purpose, there's just a sense of peace that overcomes you, and now you can thrive in passion. So to answer that person's question on my Facebook page, based on last week's show, how do you identify How do you help an entrepreneurial uh, parent raise an entrepreneurial child and turn the light switch on? The question was similar to that. I'm paraphrasing it at this point. But you first have to identify in your children their gifts because that's going to reveal their assignment. And their assignment is going to give them clarity and purpose and watch how they live a passionate life. Can you do that when they're 6, 7, 10 years old? No, but you can start to identify their gifts and foster those gifts, then show them how those gifts can be disseminated and how those gifts could be expressed in multiple assignments until they find the one assignment that really resonates with them, that they can be, they can find their purpose and then their passion. Guys, it's been a real joy being on the, being with you today. I'm excited for the following shows that are coming up. As I said earlier, if you love this content, I'm going to ask you to share with your friends Invite them back to the show next Sunday, and we'll see you here on the J. Mamie Talk Show. The preceding program was furnished by Survive to Thrive Enterprises and is responsible for its content. Do you have federal student loans? Are you having trouble repaying your student loans? If so, let the Student Loan Advisory Group help you consolidate your loans into one affordable monthly payment. 
Our firm will assist you with a federal student loan consolidation program that could cut your payment in half or even less. It does not matter if you are in default, late on payments, or if your wages are being garnished. Call 855-956-1112. That's 855-956-1112. Almost all federal student loans are accepted into this federal program. You may even qualify for a special forgiveness program and pay back nothing. Call them now at 855-956-1112 and ask them about the income-based repayment plans that allow you to pay as little as $5 per month. Since it's a government program, there is no credit check. All credit is accepted. Student Loan Advisory Group has 20 years of experience in helping people like you. Call now for a free consultation, 855-956-1112. That's 855-956-1112. KLIF Dallas. KSCS FM HD2 Fort Worth. KLIF.com. A cumulus station.